I remember being in middle school and one of my friends, she got like the best gift ever. That gift was a puppy. Yeah, a puppy. She had this little Jack Russell Terrier puppy that she got either for Christmas or her birthday. They were right around the same time. And she loved this little puppy. And, and it wasn't very long before this cute, lovable, full of energy, jumping up and down, running little puppy that she had earned a, a, a really special place in her heart. Well, it wasn't even a year of having this little guy and something pretty tragic happened, and that was this. One of the family, uh, family, family friends came over uh, to do some chores and to check their mail, even to let the little dog out, and something happened where the, the door was left open. He darts out, and, and no leash, not trained, and he's gone, like nowhere to be found. And I remember finding out about that and just being like, oh, man, she is going to be so heartbroken. And then the next day, uh, expecting to see her, she wasn't even there because she was so heartsick that her little puppy was lost. And it became this big thing where people were trying to look for this little lost puppy and people were praying. And it wasn't until about day two or three that they found this little Jack Russell Terrier. And I remember her coming back the, the following day when after finding that, that little puppy and her sharing of how thankful she was that he was safe in her arms and she, her despising the sadness that she had to go through. But now she had her little puppy. puppy. She, he was no longer lost. I wonder if this story causes you to recollect memories in your life where, where things in your life have made their way into the lost and found. Well, while we got this kind of vibe set, I want us to take this time together to capture God's heart when it comes to lost things, lost things. And we're not going to be talking about your ordinary um, uh, lost and found box that you find in the, the school lobby where, you know, that one where you're scraping around trying to find that cell phone or, or your favorite pen or that special necklace or bracelet. We're not even going to be talking about lost puppies. We are going to be talking about lost people. Lost people, those people who are in our lives right now, who are wandering through this life, they are going day-to-day -day life without having that personal relationship with their heavenly father. They, are, they do not have that personal relationship through Jesus Christ, that personal relationship with the one who created them. These are the same people that are going through day by day without that eternal hope that is found in Jesus Christ. That hope that says, that we have, that says, I put my hope in you and I rest in this. All I need is you, Lord. Everything else is fleeting. Everything else is fading away. It's that hope that we can look to eternity, that one day in eternity and everything we do for him is moving towards that. And it's just like, oh, there's just that, that peace that comes with that. And, and the love that we experience, that we've experienced, that love that, that Jesus demonstrated in, in laying down his life and that our father demonstrated by sending his one and only son, that same love that he puts in us, that he's poured out for us. There are people who have not yet experienced that. And, and, and speaking of that, there are people who have yet to unwrap that gift of grace that through what Jesus did, his life, his death and resurrection, that grace that not only forgives our sins and washes us white as snow, but that same grace that empowers us to leave those old sinful lifestyles behind us, to walk no longer in sin and death, but life and power and love to walk in obedience to his commands. And there could be a lot of things we could say about what makes a lost person lost, but it boils down to this. They are, they are people who are not in an active personal relationship with Jesus Christ, believing in him, following him, trusting in him, living for him, living like him. 
That's what it comes down to. And what we need to know about these people is that God loves them. God loves lost people. He loves lost people and he wants us to do the same. So who better to look to than Jesus himself? That's exactly who we're going to look to. And uh, if you got your Bibles out, if you don't, get them out. If you got them, turn to Luke chapter 19, verse 1. So that it will be in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke 19, 1. And we're just going to walk through these verses together. We'll have some points of discussion, and it's going to be a grand old time. Lord God, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for my brothers and sisters tuned in. And I pray, God, that you would speak so clearly, so loudly, so personally to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's just jump in. Luke 19, 1, and you'll, pro- you'll probably have that little header, Zacchaeus the tax collector. You're in the right place, because that is the lost person we're going to be uh, reading about today and how Jesus interacts with this lost dude. Here we go. Luke 19, 1 says, Jesus entered Jericho and it was passing through. All right. I know it's already kind of quick, but let's hit a stop sign right there. We need to know just to have something to work with in general, when Jesus began his ministry and he began to do the things that, that he did, the miracles and signs and wonders, those miraculous things, he was getting some, some, he was getting some people following him. Like crowds of people were, were flocking to him and, and, and they wanted to see what this guy was doing, what he was all about, what he was saying. And, and at this point in time, Jesus had already ruffled the feathers of religious leaders, uh, the teachers of the scribe and, and the, the teachers of the law and the scribes, and, and he was kind of putting them in their place. He had a, he had a knack for that. He was just like, uh, no, this is where you got it wrong. And uh, this is the, the, the kingdom. This is the way of the kingdom. This is who I am. And you guys got to, you know, get this thing turned around, get this ship turned around. You guys got it all wrong. He did that so many times. And he, at this time also, he, he had healed uh, a crippled woman. He had healed lepers. He had um, delivered a, a boy who was under demonic oppression. In the chapter before, he opened the eyes of the blind. All these miraculous things, and not to mention his teaching. Man, his teaching, he, he spoke with such authority. The people were like, who is this guy who comes with such authority? And so you can imagine there was quite a, quite a bit of publicity that Jesus had. So let's just keep that in mind that that equals crowds of people. So let's just jump on in. In verse two, it says, a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. So let's, let's hit another stop point right there. <clears throat> this Zacchaeus guy, this is the lost guy we're going to be talking about. Zacchaeus being the chief tax collector. People, um, some people point to this uh, uh, and have the idea that he, he did what he did, this tax collecting. Uh, he had been doing it for a while. He was known for it and he was good at it. And the reason, there's a reason I say that is because going into that second part of the verse, it says, after it says what he did, it says, and he was wealthy. And why these two kind of interconnect is this. Tax collectors were known for getting rich off of people. And this is what they do. They would take, they would, um, take their job and they'd say, all right, uh, people, you need to pay this amount of tax. And really, they were only supposed to pay this amount. And you see that, that profit right there? They would take that profit and put it in their pockets. And people knew that. And they despised people who were in this position. And they looked down on them. Society looked down on them because they were thieves. They were liars. They were filthy sinners. They stole, they lied, and they got rich off of unjust gain. So can you imagine the kind of hatred that, that the people had for these people who were in the occupation, tax collector? Can you imagine the hatred that they had for this dude, Zacchaeus? So with that in mind, let's, let's continue on three, verses three through six. It says, 
He, Zacchaeus, wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. Told you, man, these these crowds aren't, aren't joking. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached that spot, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down from here immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Now, I just want to bring back this point. Remember, there are crowds of people everywhere. People like to, to Jesus' left and right and, and just people everywhere and, and beckoning to him, Jesus, 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 and not to mention his disciples who are there who are like, Lord, this way, this way. People pressing up against him. This plethora of people. And like, it's, it just boggles my mind that, that of all the places Jesus could have looked, out of all the people he could have looked to, out of all the people he could have ministered to, Jesus looks up to this estranged man posted up in a tree. Some would argue one of the more wicked men around and and most definitely one of the more hated men around. And Jesus says, Zacchaeus, I want to spend time with you. I want to spend quality time with you. This lying, stealing, greedy, wicked man, Jesus says, I want to spend time with you, Zacchaeus. Now, I wonder if for those of you, maybe you've read the story, but maybe you haven't. And you're like, at that kind of thing, like at, in that kind of scene, I'm just picturing it in a movie. Maybe there's like this, people lock arms. They're like, yay! And people clapping or a unison of awe. It's not quite that warm, fuzzy feeling uh, response that we see in verse 7. And let's read that. It says in verse 7, after Jesus does that, <clears throat> says, all the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. These people are like, Jesus, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Do you know who this guy is? Do you know what he's done to so many of us? Do you know his reputation? Do you know what he does? Jesus, you're going to waste your time with this wicked, evil man. And I'm wondering if even the disciples, because often they question a lot of things that Jesus did, but they were like, oh, does he know? Does he know who this Zacchaeus guy is? And I'm wondering if one of the disciples was like, yeah, I know, right? The guy ripped me off last year, you know? We just don't know. But you can imagine that it says all the people were muttering. And it's like they got this question in their mind. Jesus, you're going to waste your time with this, this wicked man. And, and Jesus, with the love that he had and his actions that followed, Jesus was saying with his actions, yes, yes, this is who I came for. I came for the Zacchaeuses of the world. This is, this is what I must do. This is a must for me. This is why I am here. And in his very own words, in verse 10, he says, the son of man came to seek and save what was lost. Jesus says, I came to seek and save what was lost. I came to seek and save the Zacchaeuses in this world. And God is saying, that is my heart for the lost. That is how big my love is for the lost. And that is the same love I want you to carry and not just carry, but demonstrate to seek and save what was lost. If we bump back to verse seven, it says um, where they begin muttering. It says he got, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. I, I want to take a moment to just say, I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure that, that there are still people in the body of Christ. I'm sure there's still brothers and sisters in the body of believers who struggle with this attitude or this mindset of being judgmental and, and kind of judging other people because, of, because they're, they're loving and reaching out to lost people. 
and kind of having that same attitude, the people in verse seven, like, do you know who that is? Or do you know who they hang around? Do you know their reputation? Do you know what they've done? Do you know what they stand for? Do you know what they believe? Do you know who that person is and the people they hang around? I'm sure that's still a thing. I'm sure that's still a struggle in the body of Christ. But, but from, from my experience, from, from what I've seen and what, what I personally have done, I believe the issue is that most Christians don't have a problem when they see other brothers and sisters reaching out and loving the lost, seeking and, and, and loving and reaching out and saving those who, who are far from God or, or apart from God. I believe the issue is we, we ourselves aren't doing anything to reach out and to love lost people. Because, y'all, I, I, I believe that it, that it can be so easy to fall into our little Christian cliques. It can be so easy to, to, to eat, sleep, drink, and go to sleep to Christian community. And hear me, hear me, that is incredibly important. Jesus had his disciples. It is important to have those relationships where we're living this thing out. We're doing it together. We are learning to live and love like Jesus together. That is so important. Matter of fact, we are, we are called and commanded, mandated, go and make disciples. I hear that. I hear that. But when we look to Jesus in many different places and, and most definitely in this place with Zacchaeus, he was intentional. He was intentional about seeking and saving what was lost. And I want to ask you this question. I want to throw this question out to you. I want you to ask yourself, am I loving the lost? Am I loving the lost? Not them, not them out there, not that church, not that group of people, not your friend. Am I loving the lost? Am I seeking them out? Because that word seeking it's active. It's intentional. And Jesus showed that intentionality as he, as he sought Zacchaeus out with all those many different people that were there. And so, brothers and sisters, this is what I, I, wanna, I want you to be reminded of. And I want to remind myself that growing in our love for lost people is incredibly important to, to God. Therefore, it must be incredibly important to us. And just like it was a must for Jesus, like Jesus was like, this is what I must do. This is what I came for. It, it is a must for us as followers of him. So whether you answer that question, do I, am I loving the lost? Am I seeking them out? Whether, you're, whether you're, you're a hard yes or a hard no or anywhere in between. Listen, we're talking about intentionality here. And, and, and what I'm sharing with you, it's probably nothing that you haven't heard, but, but I, I just feel like this is an encouragement of the Lord and, 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 a, and a charge, I'll say a charge from the Lord to seek and save what was lost. We need to be intentional about this. This is all about intentionality, seeking and saving what is lost. And so I'm going to share with you a very practical tool that we, he, we use here at Christ United. And for many of you, you've heard this before. You've heard me say it before. I know you've heard others say it before. And if you're in a C group, you see this every single week in the C group guide. There's a portion of the guide where we devote our time to loving the lost. And we, what we call the lost is unconnected friends. Unconnected friends can mean two things. It can mean this, people who do not have an active personal relationship with Jesus or people who are not connected to the body of Christ. 
And so in this case, we're, we're speaking of those people who, who do not have an active personal relationship with Jesus. And, and listen, I'm, I'm about to share with you the tool for those of you who haven't heard it. But for those of you who are like, man, that thing's so, that's so basic. That's so basic. I, I hear you. I hear you, but listen, this basic tool, if we will put it into motion and use it, it won't make just basic impact. This thing will make eternal impact. It will reap an eternal harvest. We may or may not see that harvest, but as we throw out that seed and we put our faith in the things of God and and we continue to walk and be intentional about seeking and saving those who are lost in our lives, man, God is going to get glory and he is going to handle the result. So this basic tool, those of you, you ready for the drum roll? It's called PALS. PALS. And this acronym is just a reminder. Again, it's a reminder for us to be intentional as we go about our days, as we're in those relationships, uh, who, those relationships that we're, we're, we're around those people on a, a weekly or, or, every other, or, or a daily, every other daily or weekly basis. Those people who, who could be, they could be coworkers, they could be relatives, they could be close friends, they could be classmates, teammates, acquaintances, people who are in the same circle of, of that hobby that you love. These people who we see on a regular basis, these are the people who, who I'm going to be gearing it towards. But just know this, it can also be used as we go out and about. It can also be used as we're going about our day, going to the grocery store, going to the gym, going to the gas station, going on the walk in the park, and it can be used in the same exact way. And so this really cool, this really cool tool is called PALS. PALS, and, and you can write it down if you got a pen and pad, and it stands for this. P is pray. We pray because we love them. We pray because we love them. And this, this could start off by, by praying and asking God, God, who are those Zacchaeuses in my life? Who are those that Kias is in my life? And writing them down, making a list, and then committing to praying for them. Praying for them and asking the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, how can I specifically pray for these people in my life? And, and continuing to pray for them and praying that God would put his heart in you, put his love in you for these people around you. We pray because we love them. And as we continue to pray for these people, people, our love will continue to grow. We pray because we love them. And then the next one is A, we ask questions because we care. We ask questions because we care. When, when we identify those people, and maybe you already know those people who are in your life, we follow the same footsteps of Jesus and we seek them out and we be relational. Jesus was relational with Zacchaeus. He said, hey, Zacchaeus, get on down here, man. We're going to break bread. Yep, we're going to break bread. We're going to go to your house and we're going to have a grand old time. I'm going to show you that I love you. I'm going I'm to have conversation with you, Zacchaeus. That is the way we ought to be with those people in our life. That means spending time with them. That means getting to know them. That means becoming a student of who they are. What's important to them? What, what, what about their family and their hobbies and their hopes and their dreams? Learning about them. We ask questions because we care and we are relational. And kind of like the, the, the part two of, of that relational piece, piece is the third one, L. We listen to understand. We ask questions and we listen to understand. And this could be little passerbys when you're at work with your coworkers, when you're allowed to talk, or, or it could be long drawn out conversations with those who you see and maybe even live with. We are relational. We ask questions because we care and we listen to understand. And and I'll just say, I'll just say, because this isn't, it's not rocket science. It's just a matter of of putting this thing into motion. When, When we're hearing and we're listening, 
what they're saying and where we hear where they're at. We hear where, they're, where they stand and we see decisions and choices that, that, that are on, on the side of kind of being poor choices and, and, and what they're doing and, and it's contrary to God's will. And, and it's so easy to fall into temptation of being like, hey, you're doing it all wrong. Like this is, this is the scripture. This is the way, this is the way you ought to do it. It's so easy to want to do that, especially if they're people that you're around uh, normally and on, on, a, on a daily basis. But more often than not, unless God is giving you a strong prompting and you know that you know that you know that you ought to speak up, or if they come to you for that counsel, the best thing to do is to listen to understand them. Listen to get to know them and and learn more about them, showing them that you care. Listen to understand. And the last one is we share. We share what Jesus has done in our lives and what he can do in theirs. And this is something we keep in prayer because more often than not, people want to see the truth lived out in our lives before they hear truth from our lips. I want to say that one more time because this is, this is so, so, so good. P- people want to see truth, out, truth lived out in our lives before they want to hear truth from our lips. But it's so important to continue to pray and ask God, God, show me that opportunity God, make it known when, when that opportunity is here to, to share the goodness and the love that you poured out in me and what's available to them. And, and listen, when those times come, and they will, I promise you they will, they will share. Step out and share. Even if it's kind of hard and you're like, oh, I don't know, my heart's beating really fast. In that moment, God, give me courage. Give me courage, Lord. Give me, give me, give me your words, Lord. This is for you. This is for you. And share. And, and listen, this is just a little side note. Whether, whether they're receptive to it, whether they show they're receptive to it or not, the result is in God's hands. Our role is obedience. Our role is obedience. And so, so this is, uh, like I said, this is a very practical, basic tool that we use. But, but as we put this thing into motion, man, God can use it and he wants to use it. And I want to I share with you just, just one example of, of how, how God has used this in my life. And I used to work at this factory for almost seven years. This was a couple years back, but almost seven years. And so this, this workplace became like a, a second home, a second family to me. And I, I, I've, I grew to love these people so, so much. And so God gave me ample opportunity to, to, to do just this, to pray and to ask and to listen, be relational and to share what he had done in my life. Well, um, Along, amongst those ample opportunities, I'm going to fast forward to the end of that, that time that I was there. Um, he put it on my heart to, to just write a personal note to each one of them before I left. There was like 30 workers there, and I, I just wrote encouragement and, and prayer, and, and just I, I spent time in prayer. I was, I was writing those notes, and I handed it to each one of them, sharing them. I believe what God put on my heart of his goodness and his love for them. Something as practical as that. But, but all throughout that time, there was conversations, y'all. There was, there was tons of conversations and listening and, 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 and the intentional piece. Hear me out. This is, this is just the intentional piece of before going into work and praying, God, you blessed me with this job. And, and, it, and, I, and I, it pays the bills. It, it does a lot. You, you bless me big time. But there are people in that building and you love them. Lord, put in me your love for these people. Help me not get so distracted and so self-absorbed on just my job or just what I, you know, my paycheck or, or this or that or what my reputation or, or how they see me. God, put in me your love for them. And may I be aware 
and act upon how you want me to demonstrate that love by asking them how they're doing, by listening to them and what's going on in their life, by sharing what you've done in my life. If it, if it can relate, if it can encourage and build them up, Lord, put, make me available. It's as simple as, as that, that prayer right there. It's good. It will shift how you see and how you, how you walk about your day. Jesus says, I, I came to seek and save what was lost. I came to seek and save those Zacchaeuses in this world. I know we know, like we already know it's God's heart to do this, right? We know the why. We know it's God's heart. This is a must. It was a must for Jesus and it is a must for us. But I, wanna, I want us to kind of close this out with, with the fruit of, of what this could be in the lives of those around us. And, and it's right here in this story with Zacchaeus in, in uh, verses eight and nine. You remember what Jesus did, right? He was intentional in seeking him out. He said, I'm gonna spend time with you. I'm gonna have a conversation with you. I'm gonna break bread with you. In verse eight, it says, but Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Isn't that crazy? And then in verse nine, it says this. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. Zacchaeus changed his ways. He turned from his sin and he began to live for Jesus. He repented and turned from his old wicked ways and said, Lord, I want to walk in your ways. I want to live for you. I want to live with you the rest of my life. And God is saying, you can see that same kind of fruit in the lives of those around you. You can see that same kind of harvest in the lives of those around you. Will you make yourself available? Will you be intentional about seeking them out? Using something so simple as pals, praying before going to work, praying before going to hang out with some friends, praying before spending that dinner with your family, praying before hanging out with these people or, or praying before going out and about your day. God, put in me what's in you for the people I'm about to, to be with and being relational with them, asking to show that you care, listening to understand and sharing what God has done in your life. God says, I can use that. I can use that. And just to throw the icing on the cake, y'all, I know many of you can say this, but just like that lost puppy in the beginning of the story, that was me. That was me. And because of the people who are around me who loved God, they loved me and they were praying with me. They were praying for me and they were spending time with me. They were showing me that they cared. They were listening to what I was going through and, and, and they were sharing God's goodness and love in such practical ways. I turned from my my, my stint of, of turning my back on God because I, I, I grew up in the things of the Lord and I had that relationship with him, but I, but I, but I, I went my own way and, and because of the people that God used in my life, demonstrating his love and his goodness, I came back to him. And I remember being in that living room. It was just me and the Lord and I just remember being like, God, I don't want to live like this anymore. The, the, the pornography, the addictions, the drinking, the partying, the, the just knowing that, that what I'm doing is not right, the hopelessness, God, in what I'm doing, God, I don't want to live without you anymore. I want to be with you, God. I want to, I just say yes to you right now. I say yes to you. That moment was, was, 
was monumental in my life. That was 10 years ago when I was 19. And God has placed me on a journey that has just been beyond what I could ever imagine. And I know even after 10 years, it's only begun. And I'm expectant to what to, to experience what he has in store. But listen, there are people in our lives, in your life, in my life, who are, who are wanting that moment, who are needing that moment. They're, they're on the, the fringe of, of having that moment. And God wants to use you to bring that moment to them. Loving on them, being intentional, seeking them out. And so if, if, if you're like me right now, even you know, after having prepared this message and, and saying it right now, like, there's still like, God, I want that more. I want that more. I want you to use me in that way for the people who, who I come into contact, Lord, who, who I don't know. Maybe they, they do have a relationship. Maybe they don't. Or maybe the people who, who are close, close relatives, friends, who, who I see, my, my coworkers, whoever it may be, my, my neighbors, those people, God, I, I want to love them more. I want to reach out to them. But specifically, God, I want to love the lost. I want to love them more and more and more. Lord, will you fill me with that love? If that's you right now, man, we're, we're, gonna, we're just going to pray and ask God to, to, to put in us what's in him. And, and, and know that in this moment, he has something for us. If that is you, man, I just want you to open your hands and, and, and receive this. And y'all, I, I'm telling you, I know this is, this, <clears throat> this is, such, this is stuff that you've, we've heard and there are many right now who are saying, man, yeah, I know, I know, I know I need to do this. Do it. Just do it, man. God has given us everything we need. Everything we need. It's not rocket science. It's love, man. It's being intentional about just praying, asking God, God, how can I love them? How can I pray for them? How can I be a demonstration of your love in these people's lives? Even those people who are so hard to love, man, those people who, who are around a lot, sometimes, more often than not, those people are the hardest to love. But God said, I got the love that you need. I got the wisdom that you need. I got everything that you need right now. So if that's you, you're just like, yes, Lord, I want to love the lost. I want to reach out to them. I want to seek them out. Let's pray together, brothers and sisters. Lord God, thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for your heart for the lost. And I thank you, Lord, right now tether our hearts together in Jesus' name, by your Holy Spirit. Connect us to your heart, Lord. Lord, give us, give us a revelation right now of your love, not only for us, Lord, but Lord, the love that you had for us when we were lost. Now, God, give us that same revelation. And Lord, Grow, make it even bigger right now. Put in us the love, that kind of love, but way bigger, Lord, for those lost people who are in our life, God. And may you put us in places and opportunities to love on them. I bless my brothers and sisters, Lord. And I pray, God, that there will be so much seed thrown out this year to love those who are far from you. And we trust that you, God, you are the one, you are the one who, who, who the results fall to. Give us the courage and the strength to be obedient. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, brothers and sisters, go do it. Go do it. If there's any of you right now who are like, man, I'm like that lust poppy. I'm like that lost puppy. I'm the Zacchaeus. I'm that evil, wicked man I'm, or woman. I'm, I'm the one who is far from God. Maybe you had a relationship with him, but you've gone your own way and you're like, I want that now. 
I want that now. I want to say yes to him. I want to say yes to him right now. If that's you right now and you have a conviction, you got a prompting in your heart, you, you got adrenaline pumping, your heart is beating, and you're saying, I want to give it to him. Today is your day. And I want to pray with you. And this is no formula. It's just, I want you to just say yes. Say yes to Jesus. Just say yes. Out loud, say yes, Lord. Yes. Yes. Say, I trust you, Jesus. I know who you are. I know what you did. You are my king and my savior. Take the throne of my life. I give you my life. I surrender to you. Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for, your, for what you did on the cross. I believe that you rose from that grave three days later. Just say it in your own words. I believe you. I trust you. I give my life to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Ask him that right now. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to walk with you and to leave those lifestyles behind. Help me to walk with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if that's you, if that's you today, and today is your day. If you said yes to Jesus, if you rededicated your life to Jesus, let someone know. We want to celebrate with you. We want to get you connected, and we want to, we want to walk this journey with you. So you can go ahead and, if you got a phone, you can scan this QR code and you're, you're going to be led to this, this page with, with a link and all that stuff. And, and we want you to fill out that form and we're going to get connected with you. And, and just trust that, man, God's got amazing plans for your life. Just like I said earlier, like he, he from that, that 10 years ago from today, he has done immeasurably more. He has done far beyond my imagination and he has the same in store for you. You can put that in the bank. God bless you guys.